Welcome to Emily is Live with me, Emily Dolan Davis. Come and hang out whilst I share my experiences in the music industry. You can ask me questions live and we can get you one step closer to your professional dreams. Hello, 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 hello. Happy Monday. Welcome once again to Emily is Live. We've already got some lovely people in the room, so I'm just going to run down the list, say hello to a few people, and then we'll get into today's today's subject. <laughs> I'm a little slow today. I'm not going to lie to you. I'll be completely transparent. We had some family over yesterday to see the house, and uh, yeah, it, was, it wasn't a late one, but I, I was very much chatty, chatty, chatty. So I'm exhausted, honestly, but here I am, and I'm going to grab some energy from you guys and, and what we're going to do today, what we're going to talk about at least. But anyway, yeah, so please bear with me if I trip over myself, although, you guys are totally used to it. So anyway, who's in the room? So David Frontman was here before I was. So hey, David Levitz, how are you? From lovely Georgia. Charlotte Bibby is in. Hello, Maisel Drums is in from uh, Brazil. We've got Marcus Carter Drums, he's here. Hello, Marcus. So Marcus sent me a lovely, lovely message. Um, I think it was literally, uh, maybe even been yesterday, but the last few days, saying that he'd actually been sort of watching uh, a lot of this stuff, um, but kind of being in, sort of like, just in the shadows, watching from afar, but He's finally made his, himself known. And I must say, Marcus, it's lovely to have you visibly here and welcome. And anyone else that kind of is sort of watching in the shadows but doesn't really want to say hi, just come say hi. We're not scary. I I am a goofball, really. I'm a complete doofus most of the time. So honestly, just come say hi, because it's always nice to kind of put faces to names and know that I'm sort of helping people out. Hopefully. Fingers crossed, fingers crossed. Um, we've also got Stuart Coleman in. Hello, Stuart. How are you? The wonderful Stuart. Stuart Coleman from up in Scotland, who is an amazing, amazing musician. Um, we love him, Stuart, you're awesome. Simone's in as well, hello Simone. Uh, who else we got? Dawny Vick is in, hello Dawn, I hope you're well, having a nice day. Fernando Robiero Neto is here, hello Fernando, one of my longest standing people kicking around, so always lovely to see you. And we also have John Huff here, who is an incredible podcast host from uh, Canada. He is a drummer and he tours around, he's just finished, I believe, a tour around Europe so John tell us how that went because it looked amazing I saw the pictures on Instagram it was awesome um so please tell us more I hope you're well I hope you're sort of like rested after that because it seemed like quite an intense tour so welcome um and Mooncat Drums is here Carl Bayless hello Brandon is here aka Badger Drums hello Adam Stanley Drums is here who I just got an email from and I need to reply to Matt Black is in oh I, I this is great this is amazing so welcome everyone um this week I know so you know how like the last I feel like at least my intention for the last few episodes has been to be very methodical and try and make it very kind of here's what you can do, here's what I have done and I hope I can teach you too and here are some steps that I took and la-di-da-di-da. Um, today I feel like is not the day for that. Today I feel is going to be a little more rambly because it's not, I don't know, I just can't get a kind of one, two, three ABC thing in my head with this. But the whole concept that I kind of want to talk around and I'd love to hear your guys' thoughts on this and that is 
this idea of taking the things that come naturally to you or take your strengths, your greatest strengths, and that can be in your playing or any part of your life, and turning them, like doubling down on them essentially, and really leaning into them and making them your superpowers. And sometimes even things that you may think are weaknesses actually can be your greatest strengths. And I will try to remember to tell you an example that I have had that has really, you know, as I've been thinking about this, it's really become apparent that actually things that I was told when I was younger, that's actually, you know, a weakness, you need to work on that, um, have actually ended up being my biggest strength. So anyway, I'll get into this. So the sort of premise of this is, it, it came from thinking back to when I was growing up, because I feel like a lot of, I've just, oh no, I have, um, <laughs> sorry, don't mind me, my brain's just going all over the shop. So um, when I was younger, I remember having this really strong feeling and experience where I would often be looking around at other drummers, especially, um, who were a similar age to me, um, and I would look at their playing, and I would hear them, and I would watch them, and I would be like, <gasps> they're just the most incredible drummer I've ever seen. I want to play like that, you know, it's amazing. And what I do is rubbish because I can't do that. And this was something that, you know, I think is quite natural to sort of do that. I think there's a lot of benefit to look up to other players, especially, um, especially when you're coming up and you're kind of working out what you enjoy, what you don't enjoy playing wise, what inspires you, all that sort of stuff. But I would really, love everyone else's playing and hate my own. That was just my default setting. And uh, for those that, that don't know, I grew up with another drummer called Charisse Osei. Um, we literally started playing drums on the sa same day. So to say that there was a direct comparison, it was literally the person sat next to me on the drum kit next to me in school at 7.30 every morning. And we would, I know we both would directly compare ourselves to each other, um, which, had its benefits for sure because I think it really pushed us to to keep going and and to you know try new things one of us would learn something new and the other person would learn something else and we'd share stuff and oh what found this let's play this and you know it's very exciting but I think that there's a really interesting point that comes in anyone's sort of learning journey if you like where it goes from being incredibly inspiring and and something to really embrace you know loads of different types of music loads of different musicians loads of different influences where there's a switch because i don't know about you guys so i've had lessons for forever since i literally started playing drums and obviously the premise of having lessons is that if you have a good teacher they are essentially taking your weaknesses, the weaknesses in your playing and strengthening them, which is incredible. I think it's valuable. I think it's everything. You know, my longest standard teacher is still Mike Dolbear. I love him to pieces. He has done so much for me, not just in my playing, but in every aspect of my career, you know, mental health, all sorts of stuff. He's amazing. But there is a fundamental thing of essentially when you're learning something new or or looking at those weaknesses you are focusing on those weaknesses and if there isn't a balance there of things that you do well or those strengths that you have then actually you can end up feeling really down on yourself and i know that i totally fell into this trap for years years and years and like i say i would be out at gigs i'd be watching friends and i would watch them play and i'd be like they're i'm so inspired by them they're amazing followed by I can't do that. 
Now, what I would often do is then go home and I, or maybe not home, go to a studio because I didn't have a drum kit at home. And uh, I would practice these things that I couldn't do, but I deemed to be incredible because I couldn't do them, if that makes sense. And I would sort of like, I would painstakingly learn these things. And although it was okay, I didn't embody them, if that makes sense. And I was like, oh, I'm just rubbish. But of course, the person playing that stuff, and that may have been like something like gospel chops, for instance, that does not come naturally to me because it's not my background. It's not what I was surrounded by in terms of music as a kid. So it's not something that is in my blood, in my soul. It's something that I have to actually analyze and practice, which is fine. But again, like I say, seeing someone who has done that for the whole of their life, even before they started playing drums or whatever, you know, it's been in their consciousness for a long, long time. So therefore it's just part of, it's natural. Like they've heard it, oh, now I can play it, amazing. And it's a natural sort of thing. Um, I didn't have that. And like I say, I would concentrate so obsessively on these things that I just couldn't do very well. Um, and it really sent me into a bit of a spiral. Now the difference or the change I suppose came when I always say this when I was afforded an opportunity to have essentially an empty diary and um, I knew that no one would be calling me uh, for a little while and I thought right I don't know how I came to this conclusion but the conclusion was this is an opportunity to step back and just think about what I'm good at what naturally comes to me and for some reason I always used to fight what came naturally to me I don't know why I was almost embarrassed like for instance when I was a kid for some reason and I don't know why to this day technical playing or like and I'm not talking about speed just technical playing and good technique just came very naturally to me I don't know why but I do know that I was embarrassed by that because all I wanted all I ever wanted as a kid was to have great feel that was everything to me. And and no one ever said that I had that. And I was like, God darn it, I just felt good feel. And people were like, yeah, but you're really good technically. I'm like, oh, and in my head, that was the opposite of what I wanted. So um, anyway, I, I don't even know why I went down this uh, the rabbit hole, but the point is, is that I ended up stepping back and going, right, what do I really love? What am I really good at naturally? And And I just decided to really commit to those things. Now at that time, this was back in 2015, I suppose, beginning of 2016, 2015, I can't remember. Um, when I did that, I was purely looking at my playing and um, that was really great. And I realized, you know, I love my favorite thing ever and always has been before I started playing drums is playing songs. And it's something that comes naturally to me. It doesn't, I mean, there's very few situations that I'm in where if I'm playing at say a jam night, um, not a blues jam, but just, well, it can be a blues jam, but it can be any sort of jam. If it's kind of a, a logical pop song, I suppose, I kind of know where it's going, if that makes sense, even if I've never heard it before. Now, obviously I'm not clairvoyant and I, I'm not perfect, but there are certain things that for some reason in my body, in my brain, in my heart, in my limbs, I, I let it just flow. And if I trust that often, it kind of turns out okay. And that can be endings, that can be accents, that can be when we're going to a bridge or a middle eight or whatever it is. That is something that has always come very naturally to me. Um, it hasn't been, you know, great all the time. Obviously it's developed over time, but the point is I've just done it so much. And I stepped back and thought, well, playing songs is, it's, 
it, I mean, this doesn't, I don't mean this sound big headed or anything like that because it's not, but it's not hard for me. It's not like a real slog and an effort. It's really natural and I really enjoy it. And I was like, that's an interesting thing to notice. And it was the same with like grooves. I, the word, the two scariest words that one can ever say to me is drum solo. Honestly, if you want to see the fear in my eyes, say drum solo to me, and I'm sorry, we probably won't be friends for very much longer, but uh, no, I'm joking. But yeah, I hate it. I absolutely hate it. I don't mind when other people are doing drum solos. It's fine. It doesn't get me. It doesn't like, oh, I'm just like, wow, I can appreciate that. That's amazing. Not for me though, um, but I love grooves. And, and so I noticed that and I was like, oh, that's really interesting. Anyway, so I decided to double down on all this sort of stuff if you follow me for any amount of time, you know that that actually amalgamated into, oh, let me start a remote recording business because that makes sense. I can be, you know, working, I can be recording songs day in, day out with lots of different people, which I love, because this was the other thing. I started stepping outside of what, like just drumming, just music. What else, what am I? Who am I? Like, what is, who am I? Um, <laughs> sorry, quick Zoolander reference there for you. Um, you know, who am I as a person? I'm someone who loves people. I love learning about people, their stories, and again, and, and meeting lots of people. And again, this was something that really um, was encompassed within uh, remote recording as a concept as what it was at the time. And I just thought, yeah, that could really, really work. Now I'll come back to another thing that was quite interesting that I found out around this time. And that was that, <laughs> that was that, that's great grammar. Um, that was that I, so when I was a kid, I still am, to be fair. Um, oh no, well, so when I wanted to start this remote recording business, I thought it would be like a conveyor belt. I thought people would book in, I would just record, we'd barely even speak and it would be like da 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 da, just conveyor belt. Um, absolutely not. What I worked out was, I'm quite an emotional person. I don't know whether you've noticed, I'm quite passionate. <laughs> I'm quite passionate about what I do. I'm incredibly passionate about people's songs. And I'm also very passionate about talking to people. If you talk to me, if we talk one-on-one, -on -one, it's not gonna be me, you know, looking over your shoulder, you know, looking away. I will be in, I will be with you. And it's just the way that I am. I've always been like that. I'm very tunnel vision, which I'm sure is a bad thing in a lot of situations, but it makes me really care. And I remember being a kid and being told by multiple people, you're too emotional for this industry. You need to get thicker skin. And I honestly, I can't even tell you how many people had said that to me, but actually, when I, and this is only fairly recently, I suppose in the last few years, when I started really leaning into the fact that yes, I am emotional. Yes, I am passionate. Yes, I do care about people deeply, like probably deep, more deeply than I should, or, or, you know, I don't know, should, terrible word should. And so, but actually when I started doing that and going, yes, this is me, this is how I am. Things like my business thrived because I genuinely care about people and I think the people that work with me really get that and I'm not the greatest drummer in the world. Nobody, you know, I don't think anyone thinks that at all and I certainly don't but I do know that I'm really, I, I care a lot. I want to do the best for the client, I want to do the best for the song and I think that by leaning into that emotional side of me that does come out in my drumming and the way that I approach things and I'm, I'm very, I don't know, I like to be very um, 
respectful of the music that I'm playing, if that makes sense, and the artist and the song and the subject matter and all of that and bringing my whole emotional experience that, you know, I'm so emotional, yeah, well, I can bring that into your song. So it turned out that by leaning into exactly who I am, I've ended up kind of standing out but in a really, well, what I perceive to be a really positive way, if that makes sense. Also doing things like this, I feel like if I wasn't as um, secure with being so open and emotional about how I feel about stuff, I probably wouldn't be able to do something like this and connect with you guys. So I think, you know, trying to work out what your strengths are within playing and outside of playing can really, really, sort of help basically and it's funny because it's permeated like past the things that I have created if that makes sense so obviously remote recording studio uh, drum stem club this podcast you know various other things that I just decide um oh that's the other thing because I'm so like independent and oh th this is another story for us in a minute but um yeah I I aside from that you know I get asked I now get asked to do jobs that are really in line with what I do. So I am a song drummer, I'm essentially a pop drummer. I decided to really lean into that five years ago, let's say. I now play on The Voice Kids, which is essentially, it is a program of playing, you know, the world's most popular songs right now. And not only that, working in a way, when I tell you the way that they work, is so down, like, I love the way that that team work and they're so effective and quick and they, there's no, they trim the fat, it's just all da, da 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 done. And when I tell you that works for my personality, I cannot stress enough how much I love working like that. But had I not have lent into how I work, which is very tunnel vision, which is very ba 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 done, I wouldn't know that about myself, but it's weird how sort of opportunities arise that really align with what you're up to when you're actually being truthful about what you're good at and also what you enjoy most. I'm trying to remember what I was going to say about the, there was something else I was going to say, which hopefully will come back to me, but we shall see. But I just wanted to sort of share, like I said, I'm sorry this is a little bit rambly today, but I wanted to share what my experience was to kind of hopefully try and inspire you to just sit back and rather than looking left and right about what other people are doing, you know, think about what, forget about what everyone's doing because you do kind of need to just put blinkers on a bit sometimes. I do, I certainly do. As soon as I see myself comparing myself, I'm like, no, 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 no. You need to just be on your path because it's a unique path. And I remember hearing someone say, that sometimes, and I don't know whether it was to do with like podcasting or vlogs or anything like that, but it certainly can be sort of used in a musical sense. There is someone out there that needs to hear what you have to say in the way that you say it. And I think that sentiment, I'm pretty sure that was the thing that gave me the push to do something like this, you know, to put myself out there as myself because I just thought, do you know what? You're right. They're, you're right. Whoever this random person was that, like I say, it was probably a, a 10 second line on a podcast or on an audio book, but it stuck with me. And I was like, maybe there is someone that needs to hear what I have to say. And whether that is through this podcast right now, whether it is through me drumming or whatever, but they need to hear it from my mouth, through my experience, because there's someone that will relate to that in some way. And I think that sort of powerful thought of, I I am sort of 
good enough as I am, but I think leaning into what you are as well and really being the best version of yourself with your unique strengths. And as I say, these can go outside of drumming um, or, or your instrument or whatever. It could be that, you know, maybe you're also really great at drawing and there's some sort of crossover that, you know, maybe you, you, you play guitar tracks, but then you, I don't know, animate a character playing as well. And this is your sort of like crossover that really is unique to you um, and that no one else is doing because it is you and then maybe there's something else that cross crosses over with that maybe you're really good with numbers too I don't know it's nothing random but I think that well I can tell you this I've never been so secure and happy in my life as when I started just accepting the person that I am the player that I am um and I think that there's a lot of value in that. So I kind of just wanted to share that. I'm not sure if this helps in any way. I'm not sure if you're going, Emily, you're a weirdo, but I really don't mind to be honest because I am, I am what I am. Uh, can't sing, that's another good thing that makes me unique. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, I think I think it's really, really useful to just think about what you're good at, where your strengths lie. And, and you know, all you guys that are listening, all the guys that are on the chat, I know that all of you have your own unique things that you can bring to every situation, which is absolutely incredible. The other thing I love, I love surprising people and I bring that into my business as well, which some of you listening will know exactly what I'm talking about. Some of you won't yet but you will, you will hopefully find out soon. Um, and yeah, I just, it's one of my favorite things, but I do that in life. I just, I love surprising people, it's really fun. But anyway, um, I'm gonna head over to the questions. There is something else I wanted to say. I, I cannot remember what it is, but I will try to remember as we're going through the questions. So we've got some questions that came in beforehand. These are fairly long questions, these two, but we will get into that. Um, if you wanna come and join this uh, podcast live, usually it's a little more together than this, so apologies, but if you go to emilyslive.com and then you can uh, sign up. Oh, also, I did actually create a PDF if you want to work out what your strengths might be and then how you can kind of develop those and, and lean into them and just go over those. When you're feeling a bit insecure about, you know, what you can bring to the table, for instance, you know, maybe you can look at that PDF and, and it will help. So if you go to emilyslive.com forward slash 10, the number 10, because this is episode 10, how together am I today? Uh, you can download, download that there. So anyway, let's go to these questions that came in before I went live and then we will go to live to the room as it were. Um, as I say, these are, these are a little bit long-ish. So this first one is from Marcus, who I believe is in the room right now. So, hey Emily, I've set up my own drum studio during lockdown and have begun, begun recording for myself and for friends. Awesome. I found loads of your stuff really helpful, helpful throughout the, this whole process, so thank you for that, my pleasure. My question is, I try to record at least one drum cover every week to drum, uh, just, sorry, to drum up, um, P.S., one of my favourite pun jokes for drummers, uh, to drum up interest um, in me for gigs and sessions. Apart from my friends that see it, and uh, the drum forums that I'm in, I'm wondering if you could recommend any great places to share material that might awaken interest from people that aren't my friends or other drummers. Marcus, 
Thank you, Marcus, for your question. That's awesome. Um, yeah, first of all, amazing that you're doing all that content. I've seen it on uh, Instagram and it's brilliant and I'm loving it and your consistency is amazing, which is a whole thing in itself. So there's a lot of value in that consistency consistency and and it does take time it takes patience but that thing of being top of mind is like really valuable but unfortunately it is a bit of a waiting game sometimes my suggestion to you i suppose would be because i know you're kind of you're aiming it at other drummers right now from what i can gather so your so your friends obviously which can be anything and then drum forums which is great and i love the drum community they i mean there's a lot of the drum community on here right now i love you guys you know that i love you guys i think that they're the most supportive community i've ever seen um but in terms of maybe widening your scope my suggestion would be to then start thinking in terms of your ideal client, you know, either your ideal client in your remote recording business or for gigs, what would be useful for them? So I would say in your position, um, so if you're trying to promote the studio, some sort of free download, if you're doing covers, this is like such a, this this would be my go-to thing. I would record a cover, I would then offer a download of the drum stems for that cover, like on, let's say it's a YouTube video. In the description, offer a download of the individual multi-tracks. That way people can download and then they can record on top of them so they can use yours to do their own cover. So guitarists, bass players, singers, whatever it is. Maybe not singers without instruments, but you know, you know what I mean? They then get an idea of how you work, the sounds that you're offering and all of that. And then second to that, you can also add a different download or within that same download, you can offer just the drum track. Because if you think about for gigs, for instance, and I'm thinking mainly for covers gigs, which, you know, it's a great way to network and find new musicians to work with. A lot of those bands and those guys do acoustic gigs just the nature of you know budgets and whatever or venues and noise limiters and all that sort of stuff if you offer the drum tracks well recorded drum tracks of covers in your ideal client sort of vein of music and they can download them and they can use them on gigs because they're acoustic they want to have they don't want to have that midi drum rubbish they want to have a real drummer if you can offer that a you're awesome and people like Musicians will love you for it. And B, they will also get used to playing with you, if that makes sense. And as long as you kind of leave your stamp on the files, so that is, you know, please credit me if you use these. And that way they can also link to your profiles, which would get more eyeballs on your profile. If you think of it like that, how can you spread the word digitally? That can be within the files that you give or just, yeah, tagging and all that sort of stuff. Um, I think that would be a really great sort of next step for you. And then maybe, you know, look outside of just the drum forums. Maybe go somewhere you haven't been for before. Like, I don't know what forums you're on necessarily, but maybe like Reddit communities are really amazing. Um, they've got a great, uh, like, yeah, music community that are always sort of collabing and doing all that. I always really enjoy Reddit. I think it's brilliant. Um, Facebook groups is amazing. That's a really good one. Um, but yeah, maybe think, in short, I'm trying to say, maybe try and put yourself in their shoes and think, right, what can I do for them that will kind of give them a bit, something for free, but will introduce them to me and what I can do for them. I think that's a really useful way of thinking about things. And it certainly changed everything for me. That's how I started Drum Stem Club, my free drum multi-track club. 
um, and it has given me so much work and also so many connections and yeah, think people that I would never dream of, been, of being in touch with that I'm just like so grateful to be in touch with. So that might be a good uh, way of doing that. And as I say, there's another interesting thing. Sorry, I'm sort of going off on a tangent here, but there's another really interesting thing that I think is more difficult, but, and I know that you have stepped into this this world now, because I saw that video that you put up, that you tagged me in, which I appreciate, Marcus, that's amazing. And that is showing people your personality outside of your playing. I think it's the scariest thing to do ever. But again, from experience, my experience is that actually the, I'd say, I'd say the majority, no, I don't know, but I think the majority of the reason that people hire me is because of my personality. And it's it's just, they get to know me. And it's probably equally the biggest reason people don't hire me. But what's really nice is when people do, it feels like we almost know each other a little bit, which is really great. And it's sort of like a great starting place to start a relationship. So if you can sort of like just introduce yourself a little bit, and that might be something as simple as in that download, having a video, you just get, hey, how you doing? Just want to introduce myself, I'm Marcus, you know, and I don't know, say something about you, say something about the music that you play, say something about the work that you've been up to recently or whatever. And you just add that into the, the pack, just to the pack, the sort of, yeah, the files, um, just to get people acquainted with you and, and put a personality to the the drums because there's so many people playing drums set yourself apart and the best way to do that is just by being you basically I mean this kind of ties into what I'm talking about today you being you is going to be the best thing that is going to get you the most work and the most eyeballs and all that sort of stuff so I hope that helps I'm very sorry that that's again a very rambly thing but um let's see what else all right so this one's from Jake how do you politely <laughs> request to clients to get back you back to you promptly with revisions. So this is in a remote recording business. Either at the time of requesting revisions or if they respond with something like, I will be back to you soon. Recently, I've had a couple of people who want to take a couple of, de of days to really listen and think about it, not realizing that I've set aside time for them and no one else, uh, and no one else. And if they wait too long, they will be cutting into the next person's time. I realize part of the solution is putting together multiple clients that require similar drum sounds so that I can work on them simultaneously, but sometimes that's not always the case. Jake. Yeah. Hi, Jake, first of all. Hello. I don't know if you're in the room, but I will come to the chat in a minute. Um, it's a nightmare. <laughs> I, you know, it's a drum thing. It is part of the, the thing of being a remote drummer. Uh, you know, sounds do change. Um, and yeah, revisions is a thing. The way that I have sort of gotten around that, I do something similar to you. So I do allocate a certain amount of time per artist, I suppose, because sometimes it's one track, but sometimes it's like a whole album. So I will block out time for that person. Um, and then what I do, there's a, there's a couple of things I do. So when I send out a proposal to people, there is an information sheet that explains about the fact that this session is set up for you, you know, and just explaining a little bit how I work within the studio just to manage expectations, I suppose. And then I will sort of say, you know, the quicker that you get the revisions to me, the quicker that it will get, get done. But same as you, there are still people that, you know, they, they want time to sit with it and all that. So what I started doing is actually having a word with myself and saying to myself, right, I need to be prepared to, you know, with the fact that this person might take four days to get back to me and I have another session in two days. 
I need to be okay with the fact that I, I may need to re-record the whole of that song again. And I think just being okay with that rather than doing drop-in uh, comps has really freed up my stress levels, I suppose. Because actually what I realised was there's not a great difference in time of just re-recording the song versus, you know, stressing about them and, and getting a comp version. Like, it's not a massive difference in time. So I just decided to write and I will say that to them. In fact, that's a good thing. If you sort of say, look, uh, if they say, I, I'm, I'm not gonna be able to get back to you for four days, say, that's absolutely fine. Just so you know, I have another session. So what that means is if you do want any revisions, then uh, I will have to re-record the whole track. I'm fine with that, but I just need you to know that just to manage expectations because they, then they may come back and go, oh no, actually, no, this is great. It, it, you know, it literally would be a crash, which you know that you can edit. The other interesting thing about that is that you do get quicker and better at takes and editing. So in the long term, actually, it's a really good thing. I've just realized it started getting quite dark. I probably should have put on some lights. Oh, well. Um, so yeah, it's, it is one of those things. You kind of need to manage expectations. The other thing is the more you work with people, the more you'll know how long to expect to get revisions. Like for instance, um, I know that if I'm working with someone as a general rule, if I'm working with someone in Australia, just due to the time difference, most of the time that track will not be signed off for 24 hours at the earliest and I know that so I kind of try and put that into my my um, diary into my calendar I try and work that in uh, the other thing is you know we're all also doing other stuff like for instance content so maybe instead you know you knowing that all right they're not going to get back to me for four days let me think about what can i do in those three days that doesn't mean that i'm moving anything around but i can create other content so that can be you know creating drum videos or or something whatever it might be and like you say another way is just to group together similar sounding sort of songs that need a similar drum sound um that that also is a good way of doing it i think it is very much just trying stuff and seeing what works best and then going from there but it is a it's an occupational hazard unfortunately jake i wish i could give you like a one and done solution to that but i think you just end up kind of working out what works best and as i say the other thing is the more you work with people the more you know what they like so the less chance that there is of people coming back with revisions um and also being as clear as you can be at the beginning of the process just so you can give it the best first shot as well if that makes sense so again apologies that's a barrage of information and i hope that it helps you in some way um right so those were the questions that came in before i went live and let's go into the room as it were uh and um again if you want to join in on this live chat you can do if you go to emilyslive.com and you can sign up you'll get a watch link on the day and um you'll be very welcome it's a lovely community here i make sure it is and everyone else makes sure it is because they're just wonderful humans okay so where did we get to here so moon oh i'm just jumping around mooncat drums this is carl bayless Henley, hope you're well found out this weekend that play on my oh that play on my label mates album oh that i played on my on his label mates album nick freighter's earworms yes what a small world. So Nick Freighter is, um, he's an artist. We have a mutual friend called, this is so tenuous, called Nikolai Prouse. He was in a band called Do Me Bad Things, who are amazing. Nikolai Prouse is amazing, incredible singer. Used to play with him years ago. Anyway, 
recorded a song with him for uh, it was essentially proposing to his then girlfriend now wife and Nick Freighter was the producer now this happened three four five years ago it was right at the beginning of, uh, of Emily drums and I got an email from Nick Freighter haven't heard from him since then and he said oh hey how you doing just so you know I've repurposed this drum track and now I'm releasing it it's coming out in a couple of weeks and um it's amazing so yeah if you want to go and check out some new um some new music nick freighter's earworms and the song that i'm on is called star-crossed lovers go check it out it's a really cool album very 70s sounding right up my strata love it um right so here who else is with in the room so everyone is sort of saying hello to everyone else which is always really lovely brandon says the doofus goofball club weekly meeting oh yes you know it this is the thing we're, we're all we're all i feel like we're mostly drum geeks but we're all definitely geeks and doofuses but we're all so happy together so i am happy if you're happy and i'm happy um so adam stanley uh drummer is here sup you've got a couple of gigs coming up and i need to uh, have a look at my diary and see if i can make it i have a feeling we're in switzerland at that time so i know there's two so i'm gonna have a look um so matt black says afternoon to my favorite drummer after animal of course of course animal is number one that is standard oh hilariously i saw so uh, yesterday we had some family over and my stepson was there and he came in and he was sporting some animal socks and i was like we like that and then and then a couple of hours later by coincidence i think my husband went and put on this animal t-shirt that he has which i'm the only person that doesn't have any animal memorabilia which is ridiculous and i've just realized that is ridiculous i need to sort that out but anyway hello matt black i i i am your favorite controversial not very good at answering your questions and answering with both options person hello um if you haven't seen a live stream before where i've tried to answer matt black's questions you'll have no idea what i'm up to what i'm talking about but that's okay uh you will see soon enough i'm sure hooked on classic says emily i'm hopefully adopting a new furry feline on wednesday congratulations simone that is awesome do you have any ideas for names i love cat names i have always wanted a black cat name book and i now have a black cat that does kick around outside the studio not our cat i choose to call him book uh and yeah i'm very happy about it so fernando says just looking for your oh looking at your beautiful drum kit behind you oh i'm not going to lie i do stare longing longingly at it often um his name is George and I adore him. I've had him for a couple of years. He's from, he was born in 1967, Ludwig, uh, super classic. And I mean, he just sounds amazing. <laughs> you don't even have to do anything. Just sounds brilliant. John Huff says the tour was quite good. So John's just been on tour in Europe. Um, so the tour was quite good. We got in and out just in time based on what's happening COVID wise in Germany. It's all kicking off, isn't it? It's all kicking off. Austria as well, isn't it? I think something's going on there. I'm, I must say, full, I will be 100% honest with you guys. I, this is probably going to sound crazy and you're going to go, you're mad. I don't watch the news. I don't listen to the news. I haven't really for the last four or five years. Um, obviously things that happen that are incredibly important, you end up finding out anyway. So I'm not up on 
what's happening where. As far as I'm aware, the UK is not locked down. If it isn't, then that's not great because I definitely went to a Starbucks with Tony earlier and we had a coffee. Uh, but yeah, so um, yeah, okay, yeah, it's crazy. <laughs> Brandon says, I hate drum solos, it terrifies me. Yes, scariest two words ever for me is drum solo and every musician that I kind of let slip to that about, I don't think that makes sense, but you know what I mean, um, they will often take the mic and be on stage in the middle of a song and turn around to me and go drum solo. Alex Wesley, if you're listening, yes, I'm talking about you. I love you, I miss you, I hope you're well. Um, and also Richard Lobb used to do that a little bit to me as well. I love you too, Richard, I miss you. Uh, David Frontman says, Emily is a superhero. I'm not, you're sweet and thank you, that's kind. I'm really not. All I had, to, all the, like the only thing I decided one day was to just realize what came naturally. And there are things that, like I say, people may deem as actually really negative, being too emotional, for instance. Um, it turns out that's one of the, like greatest things I can offer people, the fact that I care about them. Also the fact that I really have, um, when I do something, I have very tunnel vision about it and I really put everything into it, all of my energy, um, all of my concentration, which means that I, I really struggle with distractions in that if I get distracted, I get really upset about it. I'm sure it's some sort of autistic trait or something. It doesn't matter. The baseline, like the, the result is the same. So what I know about myself is that I block off two hour blocks every day. So there's usually three two hour blocks every day that I have very specific things that I want to do and I do and I shut myself away and I say to people, you will not hear from me, my phone is off, I will not respond to messages, I probably won't respond to emails unless that's part of my two hour block. And I work and I think it's the reason that I'm able to do, well, people seem to think that I do a lot I really don't feel like I do. I think I just really concentrate and get a bunch of stuff done and then I move on and that's it. Um, but I know that about myself and I've used it to my advantage because I think, you know, it's very easy to be distracted and all that, but um, I'm happiest when I'm on a one track. When I've got a one track mind, I'm happiest, basically. I don't like having to flit around everywhere. It just ugh, it messes me up. Um, but thank you. Sorry, you were trying to give me a compliment and I basically talked myself out of it. So I apologize for that, but thank you, David. You're very, very, very kind. Um, and David says, how's your boxing practice, by the way? That's a great question. I have not done boxing for a good couple of weeks and I need to get back into it mainly because I need to be back fighting fit for tour in uh, March end of March we're going back out so uh, yeah I've been doing some calisthenics and I've been doing some hit training but I need to I think a bit of boxing will be good I am slightly worried about my wrists but I think I just need to not overdo it like so basically I don't need just need to not break my wrists basically. Simple, simple concept, but we'll see. Dawn says, I can totally relate to all of that, both as musicians and in everyday life. All right, yeah, it's so easy to focus on the negatives rather than the positives. Absolutely, I think it's the, na so it is a natural thing to concentrate on the negatives. And it's, I, as far as I, I'm aware, because I've sort of read into this a little bit, as far as I'm aware, it's kind of an evolutionary response because you have to look for the dangers to, and I know it's extreme, but, you know, we are still pretty basic in that kind of level sometimes. 
you look for the dangers so that you can be safe. And it's a similar thing. You look for your weaknesses so that you can then strengthen them, I suppose, or avoid danger related to those weaknesses. But as I say, I think there is a change from when you're learning something, for instance, and, you know, the weaknesses are all around, but there's something really lovely about that. And you're sort of like just learning new stuff and it's exciting and it's interesting and all of that. But I feel like there does need to be a turning point where you go, right. And I'm not saying you don't stop. I think we should all be growing uh, in some way or another. But I think the focus needs to shift more onto the strengths so you can just become that really strong version of yourself, strong with the things that you do naturally anyway. And then it's amazing the places that you end up and you're not even going to realise it. And it's like, wow, that was literally because I was just myself. So... Yeah, it's an interesting idea, I think, and, and definitely worth an, an exploration, I reckon. John says, there was someone out there who needs to hear what you have to say in the way you say it. Powerful and profound. I know, John, I'd love to say that I made that up. I did not. Like I say, I heard someone say it and it resonated with me so much that I was just like, wow, like, you're right. Because even by hearing that, hearing someone say that illustrated that point exactly it was like i needed to hear that at that very moment in the way that they said it it just wow that is everything so and again it's the same musically someone needs to have your playing the way that you play with everything that influences how you play for their music for their live show for their experience for their entertainment Whatever it is, you know, it's, I mean, lyrics is the most accessible version of that. You know, people will listen to one song, they'll hear lyrics, and you can read into it a million different ways, but it's because that person is projecting their one experience. But isn't it interesting the way that everyone will kind of, like, interpret it in different ways? I think it's so... Yes, I think it's the way forward. That's what I'm trying to say. I think it's the way forward, for me at least. Um, now Adam Stanley Drum says, really feeling all of this right now. Never too late in life to go through another transition. <laughs> eh? <laughs> Love this chat. Oh, I'm so glad, Adam. And yeah, again, you have so much to offer. You have so much experience. Um, you're, you're just, for me at least, obviously I've watched a lot of your videos and we've spoken so much. Um, the whole sort of rock side of your playing, uh, your influences, the kind of metal stuff as well is so amazing. And then there's the fact that you're a multi-instrumentalist. That brings such a whole different layer of stuff into the whole scenario and I love it. And then there's the fact that you're from South Africa is like this whole other thing and you've toured and yeah, I think it just brings a whole different flavor to whatever you're doing in whatever way you're doing it. And also you are doing the talking to camera things so that's really fun as well to kind of like just learn more about you and and i love it i really love it it's really awesome simone says i have no idea what your business is lol oh <laughs> okay do you want me to explain i'll explain very quickly so my my main business when i'm not touring so my business here remote recording business is essentially I provide professionally recorded drums for independent artists. And the way that that works is an artist or a musician will have a song that needs drums to be recorded on their music. They will email me their song, but without the drums. And then I will record the drums and then I'll email it back. That's the really basic version of what I do. Um, there's a few more intricacies than that. But uh, yeah, that's that's what the business is. And that's the way it, work. uh, it works. I work and I love it. it. I adore it so much. It's 
It's my favourite thing. It really is. Um, Maya's here. Hello. How are you, Maya? Oh, your your studio looks amazing. Thank you so much. It's slowly getting darker. I'm wondering if I... Oh, hold on. Hey, Google. Switch on the studio lights. Let's get some light in here because I just feel like I'm gradually going to be dimming down and then I'm just going to disappear and nobody will ever know. No, I'm joking. So Marcus says... Oh, oh. Chat keeps jumping around. And Marcus Carter's drum says, oh, thank you. That's fabulous advice and has given me a whole bunch of new ideas. Amazing. That's, I'm, I'm so glad. I'm so glad that's brilliant. Yeah, like I say, it's so much easier when the raw materials are there to work with and you have those raw materials, Marcus. You're already like well on that path. It's just trying stuff out and seeing what works for you and, you know, get creative with it. Like just think outside the box and, and just try stuff. That's what, that's literally the whole of my life is that. It's just trying stuff. I love it. I really, I find it very, I, I said this to someone once, I like when it comes to my business, I often feel like Sherlock Holmes and I'm kind of finding the best way to do something or like, I don't know, just creating something and seeing what happens. I adore it. It's one of my favorite things. Um, so Simone says, oh, you have a sofa now, getting comfy. Yes, I do. I have a lovely sofa. It's basically where I eat my lunch every day because this is the only chair in the whole of the place. And if I'm sat here eating, I feel like there's too much distraction to watch something on the screen. Whereas it could be sat there and just be looking out the window, which I'm pretty sure is much better for the soul. And when it gets warmer, I will sit out and eat at the little table that's out there that you can't see right now. Mainly because there's a bed sheet covering it because I don't have any curtains yet. And the sun is too bright on my face. Ta-da! Dawn says, when you started the remote business, did you have any mental hurdles, oh my goodness, uh, to get over before you started? Did you doubt yourself and uh, as you said, you did with your drumming? Dawn, I was constantly in a mental state of, I can't believe I'm doing this, I can't do this, I'm not good enough, I don't know what I'm doing, this is ridiculous, constant. Nobody's booking in, how do I get myself out there to people? Constant, every day. Every day I felt like a charlatan. Um, I still feel like that sometimes. Um, it, it's, it gets better with time, I think, just the more you do something. Um, but yeah, I mean, the biggest the biggest issue when I very st first started uh, emilydrums.com was that I had no idea how a recording studio worked. <laughs> so I'd recorded in studios a few, you know, not a huge amount, not a huge amount, but enough to like see it but I didn't understand. I didn't understand routing. I didn't understand preamps. I didn't understand how my, like just the very basic level stuff was pretty elusive to me, should we say. But I just was like, okay, well, I, I sort of, I do this thing where I decide I'm gonna do something <laughs> despite my better judgment a lot of the time. And I just decided, right, I'm gonna do it. So I better work it out. And that's often my way. It's like, all right, well, I've already committed to this in my brain. So um, I better work it out. I just better work it out. And I have, and I still am, to be honest. Things like mic placement, stuff like that. Things like EQing. Oh my God, years. It took me a couple of years to understand what I was doing. I was messing around with stuff. I certainly didn't know what I was doing. I knew if something sounded a little bit better or a little bit worse, didn't know why. Sometimes I didn't know how to make it sound better, but I would just try stuff. Um, compression, I'm getting a little bit better with. Still not great with that, but that's why I offer raw stems because I know that my level isn't up there yet. 
that's fine it will be one day because I'm constantly working on it but I know that I want to give the best quality that I can so anyway yes constant mental hurdles um constant imposter syndrome again anytime I would look left and right at what other people were doing was a nightmare uh anytime I would talk to people about like people that had been in the studio for a long time like doing stuff they knew what they were talking about and again I still get like this um if they would talk to me about certain mics and I didn't know like they were saying numbers and letters to me and I'm stood there like all right no idea what you're talking about literally no idea and I'm the kind of person that I I I I never want to look stupid I'm, I'm getting better at it but I find it really difficult and especially with something like that because I feel so out of my depth even now still I have a fair few mics and I know what they are but anything outside of that my knowledge is so minimal and it's just it's quite embarrassing sometimes I'll be completely honest but if I'm I, I, I have friends that I can be like so what is this and they'll be like right this is that and that is that and this is good for that and that is traditionally really used for that and so it's finding people I think you're comfortable with enough to kind of ask those questions it's my biggest downfall in life 100% is asking for help I'm the worst I'm the worst it's my biggest problem I'm sure that if I was better at that I would be so much further forward in certain aspects of my life um but yeah it's just it's one of my hang-ups don't know why I have it but again I lean into it and I'm like although I'm not very good at asking for help I also know I'm really good at like forging a path and and finding out how things work and just researching myself and I've just realized that tangent that I was going to go on that I forgot about so without being a bit of a Debbie Downer um I when I was a kid very like my experience of school was not great and the reason was that I never felt like I fit in um I often was kind of a bit of a loner people wouldn't really um like include me and stuff but what that meant was I became very um self-sufficient and that has absolutely carried me through to my adult life and I think it's the reason that I'm able to just go and do stuff and again I, I suppose it all links into not asking for help because I'm worried that people think that I'm stupid or you know I don't know what I'm doing or whatever and reject me whatever that means so I don't bother because I'm like well let me just do the thing and then and I'll do it myself so yeah I guess again that's one of my strengths is that I on the whole I'm very good at working it out don't get me wrong there are roadblocks that I come up to that I'm like this is a literal like steel wall I will never get through this I may do one day but <laughs> yeah one a really good example of that is opening up there's a program on Max called um oh what's it called uh code codec no oh I can't even remember xcode xcode that's it it's for programming um uh, making programs and stuff like that programming basically and I I, I one day I was like right I'm going to get into coding and I opened this Xcode and I looked at it and I was like, I have no, like, there is no, bear, I have no bearing on what I'm looking at. Like, literally, this could be an alien language. I don't know what's happening. I don't even know how to start a new project or a document. I just don't even know what I'm looking at. So things like that, I will just instantly close and go, right, not for me right now. Um, and maybe I would ask for help with that in the future, but that's not for right now. But on the whole, I'm really, I know I'm good at finding solutions. I do sometimes take the hard path. Again, I know that about myself, but I also know that that means that I sort of, I can rely on myself, if that makes sense. And I think that has stemmed from being a kid. 
But again, it's this leaning into what you are naturally, what your experiences are. That was my experience. This is how I am now. Would I change it? Absolutely not. I love the fact that I can do projects by myself. I don't need to rely on other people. I can, and it's nice when I can, but yeah, there's something really powerful about that. For me, at least. I like it. Um, Ali is here. Hello, Ali. How are you? Hi, all. Sorry I couldn't join today. I'm out and about, but we'll watch the recording later. Big hugs, all. Ali, thank you for popping in and saying hello. That's really kind of you. Simone says, the new cat is completely white and she is called Cloud. My One of my favourite video game characters from Final Fantasy VII. Cloud. So I am behind this, Simone. I am all for it. Adam says, my covers band like me to do a solo at the start of and in the middle of Wipeout. <laughs> Cliche alert. I mo mostly dread that bit. Really? I thought, I don't know why I thought you really enjoyed solos. My solos are so basic. I totally feel the solo fearers in this chat. I'm so glad I'm not alone. I don't think we are alone. I think there's many solo fearers here. And yeah, even playing Wipeout, I feel like that is definitely setting yourself up for like, oh no, here we go. So funny though. So on the Kim Wilde show, so just, uh, was it at the beginning of the encore? I think it was. Um, yeah, it must have been. Me and Johnny says two drummers on the Kim Wilde show. We would do a drum solo just before we would play this song called 1969. And every night, every night, both of us would look at each other like, oh God, I get shot, like, shall we? He's better at me than solos, definitely. Like, a hundred percent. But even then, it's just not our thing, you know what I mean? It's like, can we, can we maybe get rid of that song? Please, oh please, I don't want to do a solo. But anyway, it was fun. At least when there's two of you, you can kind of play off of each other. So that is, and it is a moment and it's fun for the audience, which is the thing that gets me through things that I don't want to do. I'm like, right, this is bigger than you. This is not about you. This is about the audience. This is about the song. Do the thing, just do the thing. <laughs> so Badger is saying, I think authenticity in yourself and being a good human being is super important. That is the epitome of how you are with everyone. Um, I don't know if you're saying that about me. Thank you if you are, because that's really nice. But I 100% agree. And it's funny because I know that in this group of people that are here right now and the people that are listening back, I'm sure if you're not making yourself known, I guarantee you are like this too, because I think people are drawn to like, pe like people, if that makes sense. I think we are all very kind and generous and thoughtful and you know, we, we care a lot about each other. You know, you can tell by the way that people interact on these chats and, and, and it's something that I, I don't take for granted. I'm, I feel so grateful that, you know, you group of people have come together and we get to do this thing every week or so. And I, I love it. I absolutely adore it. Um, but unfortunately there aren't people, you know, people, not everyone's like that. Not everyone's like that. Um, I have had experiences with people that I thought were like that and then it turned out they weren't. And it's so heartbreaking. It's so heartbreaking because, you know, you do come across people that are so, like, beautiful and then they're so successful as well. And you just think you can be both because, you know, the cliche is never meet your heroes because they're not very nice. But actually, it's not true. And I have met so many of my heroes who are the kindest, most generous, warm, caring people to not just if you're speaking to them the people around them and you can see by their interactions and the people that are around them as well that they're good souls and I'm not saying they're perfect they're human we're all human we've all got flaws I'm not perfect not by any stretch of the imagination but I do appreciate that you know I happen to find myself amongst you guys 
and there is a pattern that I see that everyone is incredibly kind and and yeah just lovely so yeah I, I think being authentic and kind and all that stuff is very important I don't think everyone's like that and that's not important to them and that's okay but I'd much rather hang out with people that are like you guys <laughs> essentially and um, Dawn says it's great to hear your stories and see that someone who has struggled with these things uh, thriving well done you you're an inspiration thank you Dawn that's so kind like I said I think it's really interesting that you say that because a big part of the reason that I started this whole podcast and and, it, and that's not just this one Emily is live I'm talking about a drummer's guide too, which had over a hundred episodes started back in 2018. A big part of the reason that I started that was to sort of lift the veil on the fact that people would see that, you know, I might be out doing this gig and that gig and doing these cool things and I was having a great time and I was, but it's never just that. That's the surface level and it's amazing and I consider myself so lucky, but it doesn't mean that I don't struggle with all the same things that we all struggle with. And I, I don't want, I guess it is normalizing it a little bit. I'm, I'm starting to not enjoy the word normalizing and I don't know why. But anyway, I'm just making it, yeah, just known that we all struggle and that's all right, you know. It, yeah, so thank you for saying that, Dawn. I really appreciate it. It's a very purposeful thing that I'm trying to put out there. <laughs> and by the way, terrifying at first. Now I really enjoy it because it's kind of like I just get to literally be honest about the fact that you know I do struggle with stuff sometimes and that's all right um Brandon says magic lightning lol that's oh oh lighting sorry can't read my eyesight is getting really awful magic lighting lol that's fancy I do love a gadget Brandon I do love a gadget and um Google is a good one and so is Alexa and she's there oh nothing <laughs> I do like the uh, humour that they've put into the old that one there Marcus says uh, totally identify with trying stuff and not being entirely sure how it works I was recording today and I discovered that when I went to mix that I'd somehow deleted the bass drum track prior to recording bah! I had something similar happen literally a couple of weeks ago f for some reason well, I know what it was, it was user error, but my one of my snare tops just wasn't recording. And I was like, well, that's not very useful, is it? Um, Marcus says, I've decided to use it as a learning experience by boosting the room and overhead mics. I might, might post the results later if I'm feeling brave. Yes, Marcus, this is how you think. It's not about being perfect. It's not about the finished result. It's about the process. People love seeing about the process. And if you're the person that's going, hey, I'm going to be open about this and I'm going to, you know, just say in the comments. So here's what happened. I, you know, I deleted the bass drum track. So now I'm going to compensate. Let's see what we can do with this. That there is something so valuable about that. And it may seem, I know that you'll feel vulnerable about it. I know because I would. But from my experience, the things that go wrong are the things that really do show the human side of people. And I don't know about you, but my favorite thing in the world is to see people that seem so prim and proper and perfect when they have those human moments where they're not perfect and something goes wrong and seeing them deal with that. And then you see, you know, the finesse that they might have when they deal with it or they might do it in such a roundabout way that you never think of and it's really inspiring in such an unusual way 
there's something so powerful about that and 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 honestly i think that was the thing when i was record when i was live streaming at emilydrums.com when i was recording for people more often than not it was when things were going wrong that we'd have the best time because honestly i'd be sat here freaking out going how am i going to fix this not only is do i have an audience but oh look the artist is also on the live stream too awesome oh my goodness what am i going to do and freaking out but on the on the outside going okay level let's see let's try this let's do that i've just noticed i think that the signal is dropping a little bit so i apologize if you're miss if you're dropping frames here but i it will be uploaded later if you miss anything um but I found the best workarounds through doing that and people learnt with me and I think it definitely made our sort of group and our community a lot tighter and it was really nice and I think people seeing that I don't know everything. In fact, I know very little. I know a few things and if things go wrong, it's like, oh gosh, I've fallen off the rails. But we would learn together and sometimes people would offer up solutions and I'd be like, that's amazing. So it was uh, the one thing that I never got around and I think it was a glitch within Logic because I... Uh, later found out that people had the same thing so there, there used to be this problem with comping between takes if the takes weren't exactly the same length if you comped sometimes they would jump and it would just completely mess up and glitch and like all sorts was happening but sometimes you wouldn't notice until you got to the end of the song and notice that oh that one track so the kick drum track um why is that keeping going after the song is finished. Oh, that's a completely different take in a completely different section and it does not line up. And now what do we do? That would happen more often than not. And it was so frustrating. But again, it was kind of just part of the process. And again, when you're live streaming doing that, I tell you what, the fear, the fear, but you learn a lot, so it's good. Uh, so where did I get to here? Dawn says, great to hear you got through those obstacles and worked your difficulties. You did a great job for us with Sophie Mohan. Thank you. Uh, we were very happy. Definitely food for, for, for thought. Thanks. No problem, Dawn. And I said, that, I think I said this last time, that those songs with you and, and Sophie Mohan were so much fun to do. Like so much fun. So many drums, so many drum tracks. I apologize again for the amount of drum tracks that I sent over, but it was so fun. Um, Matt Black, here we go. Right. So if anyone is new here, me and Matt Black have a very specific relationship. It often consists of him asking me something uh, kind of this or that, which would you prefer? And me giving the most political non-answer that you've ever heard because my brain just cannot commit to something. I don't know what it is. It only happens with Matt, I feel. But here we go. Right, what are you asking me today? So. If we are quizzical about quizzes, oh, what are we about test? <laughs> it's a good one. We've moved to jokes. We've moved for jokes. And not only that, I get the joke. I know the answer. I never know the answer. Do I dare say this? I mean, it's not a rude word, it's anatomy. So if quizzicals, no, if we are quizzical about quizzes, what are we? about tests are we testicles i know i am no i'm not really anyway jake Perrett. hey emily just wanted to pop in quickly and say hi we'll of course catch up on the recording yes please do because i think that second question that i did before we went in the room as it were was for you jake so yeah please watch back because i think it would have been around the half hour mark and i definitely went on a tangent with it so enjoy that i hope it helps matt black here we go here's it here, this is a classic matt black would you rather have a time machine or a teleporter? 
This is what I mean. How can you ask this question? How can you decide between, because, uh, do you know what? I'm going to commit. I'm going to commit. I'm used to traveling around on planes and all that. And although it would be lovely to have a teleporter, you've got to go with the time machine, haven't you? You've got to. Me and Tony were having this conversation uh, a couple of weeks ago. He was like, right. So if you could like go back in time to any period of time, what would it be? And I think we were allowed three. Um, we were allowed two in the UK and one abroad, I think it was. So um, I think I chose the uh, like an ancient Egyptian period. I don't know enough about the period. I know it lasted a long time, so I don't know when that was, but I'd love to see that. Um, uh, and then in the UK, when the dinosaurs were around, but on the Jurassic Coast, I assume it's called the Jurassic Coast because it had like dinosaurs on it. So we'll go with that. What was the other one? I think it was just like being in London, but at the beginning of London, the creation of London and just seeing what that was like. I think that's what it was. Um, I, th I can't remember what his was though. I think we had some some crossover in what we said, but yeah, teleport. Uh, no, not teleport, time machine, please, Matt Black. Yes, I've actually answered one of your questions. First time ever, long may it continue. Um, Simone says the first drum solo I remember was from the Grease soundtrack and on the on the song Hand Jive. As a kid, I thought it was amazing. Do you know what? I would, do you know what? I had never even occurred to me that there is a drum solo on Hand Jive, but of course there is. Brilliant, I love that. Uh, Simone says, Emily, have you ever used analog recording? And if so, what did you think of it? So I have, a, well, yes. In my studio, I have a mixture of analog. It's analog to digital, if that makes sense. When I was recording with a band called The Hours, we were doing analog, yeah, it was analog to tape, but then to digital. And the reason for that was because in terms of editing, it's just a lot easier. And I know there is a certain, there's a beautifulness about uh, recording fully analog, but for me, practically, it doesn't work, definitely. And plus, it's taken me this long to work out the digital side, and I know that analog is even more complicated. I don't have the capacity. I know this about myself. So um, yeah, but I, I appreciate people that do record to analog because it is a whole thing. It's a whole thing. Adam says, I like drum parts rather than solos. Me too. 100% love a good drum part. Um, the quality of my solos depend, depends on t entirely on my mood. Oh, I'm losing the power of speech, which means this needs to wrap up soon. Um, it's got to be in the context of the song. Really chop that stuff off sooner than later, I say. Yeah, I'm the same. Like, just make it short and sweet and lovely. That is my thing, 100%. Um, and yeah, I think anything in the context of the song, I'm exactly the same. There's nothing more jarring to me than even a fill that is not within the conf like within the the genre within the realms of what the song is in terms of like pace or um you know subdivisions or feel or whatever honestly when i hear people doing fills out of context it just oh it gives me the herbadurch and if you know what that is we can be friends um <laughs> adam says and oh my god the logic comping glitch it's a thing Gah! That was a mm -hmm, learning experience. I, I'd love to say it was a learning experience for me. I kept learning that lesson and it never went away. I will say on the news, so I've got a Mac mini here with the M1 chip, haven't had the problem yet, which is interesting. And I wonder if uh, it's because it's a new version of Logic. I don't know, but 
it's interesting. So far, so good. So fingers crossed it carries on, but you are not alone. Like I say, I've heard about lots of people that have had this same problem and it's just a glitch. It's, and which glitches annoy the living daylights out of me because I, I like solving problems and I don't like when there's not a solution. Again, this is just part of my brain and that's how I work and, and it really makes me feel uncomfortable. But it makes me me and I'm gonna lean into it so it's fine. Uh, Marcus says, since we're on to jokes, oh, crying out loud. So now you're gonna realize how terrible I am at actually understanding jokes. Okay, since we're on to jokes, there's a very good reason not to do drum solos. They're always followed by bass solos. <laughs> okay, that's a good one and I get that. And I agree. <laughs> no drum solos, no bass solos. Songs, we like songs here. Matt Black said, oh, here we go. Matt's off because he wants me to have a non-answer answer. <laughs> Would you rather live one life of a thousand years or 10 lives that last a hundred years each? Well, here we go. Here's a question for you, Matt Black, and I'm gonna be ending this soon, so please be quick. The 10 lives that last 100 years, are they gonna be uh, concurrent or can they be like 100 years in the, I don't know, I don't know, 2000 BC? Um, he wouldn't live 100 years at that sort of time, but anyway. Uh, and then, I don't know, like 100 years now and then 100 years in 3022 or, or are they just gonna be concurrent? So, concurrent, okay. Um, wait, but that's the same thing, no? Oh no, because, well, I don't think that I could be doing much at a thousand years old. I'd probably be, I'd probably be a decrepit kind of like skeleton. Oh, there's so many factors here, Matt. Matt, you give me, right, uh, I decide, do, oh, another question. Do I have the knowledge of the previous like hundred years, 200 year lives, the lives? Do I, or is it a brand new life? You don't remember the last life. I'm so sorry for everyone that's listening on on the the podcast back here, but um, oh, Matt did say, oh my gosh, I got a straight answer from Emily. You did, but now you're trying to get me a, a, another one. So they're concurrent. Here we go. It's very important the details. The details are very important about this because if you live a thousand years, you have a thousand years worth of knowledge, right? But if you're living a hundred years and you start off your new life with no knowledge, then Although I'd probably look like a dusty skeleton at a thousand years old, I think I'd rather have the knowledge of everything rather than starting afresh every time. Yes, thousand years, let's do that. Plus, if no one else is living till a thousand years, then that I will be a very, um, what's the word? I will have a very unique perspective. Ducking the question again? I'm not ducking the question, you're ducking the question. Anyway, right. That is the end of our chat today. I just want to say thank you so much for being here, everyone. Matt Black, I'm sure you will come back with another question at some point next time, hopefully. Um, but yes, my answer is a thousand years. But thank you everyone for being here. I hope that you've uh, gleaned something from my mad brain and mad ramblings, um, and I hope that it helps you in some way. But it's been lovely to see you all as ever. And yes, I guess I will be back next week with another subject. I've just realized that I don't have my usual thing together. Oh, what's this? That's what I'm after, sorry about that. But yeah, lovely to see you, I'm gonna love you, I'm gonna leave you, have a wonderful week, and I will see you next week with another subject. Who knows what it will be? All right, I'll see you guys later. See you later, bye. And Emily is love, ooh yeah, Emily is love.